Matt Awkward. How are you doing today? I am doing great, Tristan. <laughs> I'm feeling like singing everything today. Wee, let's do it. I'm in such an excited mood from watching such a fun movie. <laughs> New listeners are like, this is fucking awful. Click. What a sh- <laughs> Jesus fuck. Why am I listening to this? Uh, All right, let's they, stop being annoying. Do they really sing everything? <laughs> yes, yes, we do. We literally do <laughs> we sing literally everything. We literally do. God damn. We're, we're punchy. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's way too early to be this punchy. Actually, I want to be choppy. I want to oh be chop, God. chop, choppity, chop, chop. Absolutely. Fucking, we're just talking about how much <laughs> I want to join the sick fucks. Yeah. Like, I would, whatever they needed me to play, I would join that band in a heartbeat. Yeah. That was... Like, when you see these movies, we've talked about this so many times. I mean, we're skipping to a thing. Okay. With the 80s punkers thing? Blah, blah, blah. Uh, we're talking about Alone in the Dark, the 1981 Martin Landau. But, but, 82, whatever. Jesus, okay, so... so um, it's so sloppy. But <laughs> we've, we've talked about this a million times on this podcast where it's like, they're like, oh, hey, we're going to a punk club. And then some atrocious pile of shit plays. <laughs> and you're just like, there are a hundred bands within 25 feet that would probably do where it for you're free. doing it that are, would do this for free <laughs> and do a great job yep. and this movie the sick fucks are awesome yeah and their stage show rules i love everything about them they are like oh oh my god i would have gone to every fucking show i forgot what it was supposed to be uh they're originally supposed to be called something else in the movie too but then the producer liked their actual name so much that he's like, oh, wait, no, <laughs> just, let's just call them the sick Oh, fuck. yeah, yeah. <laughs> just let them be them. No, that's so much better. <laughs> oh, um, yeah, this movie is wonderful. I love it. Uh, I absolutely love it. It is a real... It's funny because this is the second time I've seen it. And first time I remembered thinking it was really boring. And I, it was a long time ago. The so. middle, the middle in, the, in the home invasion near the end can drag a bit i feel and the but for other, the most part it's it's pretty it's pretty good yeah and the other thing i the, about this and this might be just a problem of the fact that i had seen it before and hadn't really remembered it that well but it felt like the twist ending i don't know if the twist ending was something that was like maybe it's just me because i know i had seen it before yeah but I remember being like, oh, my God, come on, idiots. Like, it, it really felt really obvious in the yeah. movie. Like, I, I, maybe I I'm do, crazy. I, I don't think it's obvious. It but, may not be. It but may I, just be because I'm remembering But it. I feel that it's so strong. It, it's, it kind of sucks. So it's one of those twists where once you know it, it's kind of like, nah. Like, well, I mean, any kind of twist is like that, really. But, like, sure. watching this a second time, I, I remember being blown away the first time. And I love how, um, I love how they set it up because it's so... Like you said, it's so obvious, but it's so not because they don't focus on that fourth guy so much. And then the other people, their characters are so strong well, that, was that the, after a while, you just end up forgetting about other dude. Like, but that was the thing about him. That, that that was the reason I felt like it was really obvious was the just the fact that they go out of their way to not show his face. Yep. And as soon as you see someone in a movie where they're like going out of their way to not show the actor playing it you know that it's going to be a big reveal. Yeah. And there's only one other, other character. character. Yep. And he's weird, and he meets them under weird circumstances, and it just... Well, it, see, maybe, maybe maybe I'm just a dummy, and so, like, I benefit from that. But, like, the first, mean, time, the first time watching it, I just kind of forgot that character existed. I forgot also, there was a fourth dude. That's fair. And that's where I think that this movie does a great job at. Like, everybody... All the other killers are so strong in their actions that I just feel like you kind of forget about fourth dude. Because he's... Yeah. Right after the riot, he... They don't even mention him anymore. You know they... why? You know why I think it sticks with me. I think it's the comic book thing. I think because being the comic book person, 
because everybody else is like, hi, I'm Hawk. That's my name. You know, it's part of my name, whatever. Yeah. And everybody has like a name. And then it's like, and the bleeder. Yeah. It's like, oh, okay. So you have a literal supervillain. <laughs> okay. In I amongst these just normal psychotics. But even his actual last name, Skaggs, is cool. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, it feels like Cletus Cassidy or something. Yep. Like, it does feel like a Marvel. Skaggs the bleeder. Skaggs the bleeder. Even his real name sounds like a villain name. Is that Boz Skaggs? Was that his name? Uh, that's a, a music singer, I well, believe. That's too bad. Uh, anyway, if Boz Skaggs had been I, I, the bleeder, I, I, that would be awesome. I think he's a folk musician. I'm pretty surprised because I, I know you're a big folk fan. I'm a huge folkie. <laughs> uh, the only reason I know who Boz Skaggs is <laughs> is because Fred Schneider's solo album uh, was the cover was shot to look like Boz Skaggs' solo record. Is he even a folk singer? Maybe it's just rock. I, I don't know. No I think clue. he's singer songwriter. Who cares? His, la- his name <laughs> is Boz Skaggs. He's got to be a country guy. Come on. <laughs> Uh, Maybe he does a cover of Chop, Chop, Choppity Chop. He might. <laughs> or he could also be a Star Wars villain. It does sound Star Wars. Boss Naz. Yeah. Isn't that the name of one of them? You tell me. Or, I'm not a Star Wars guy. Maybe he's a Boss Naz. I don't remember. Here's some money. Go see a Star Wars. Go see a Star Wars. <laughs> anyway. Uh, okay. So, you ready to talk about a movie yet? <laughs> oh, shit. Are we, are we on? Uh, <laughs> I'm going to I'm gonna hit record eventually. <laughs> okay. And then we can talk about this thing. Let's go. Um, Okay, let's go. It's uh, Oscar winner Martin Landau walking up to Mom's Diner, which is a really nice shot. Uh, He's meeting another old guy at this diner. We get this very... It starts out, and you're expecting this to be a very dull opening to this movie. Yeah. Like, for me, I was like... Oh boy. Okay, here we go. This is going to take forever. And things get wacky right away. Oh, the minute the waitress hands in his order to the kitchen and the kitchen's on fire, but somebody <laughs> just takes a slip anyway, you're like, oh, wait a minute. A blazing inferno <laughs> yeah. in the kitchen. Okay, there's more than meets the eye here. And then the waitress comes back. She's carrying <laughs> an entire, a gigantic, like 20 pound half cooked fish. <laughs> She lays it down in front of him, and a frog jumps Boop. on it. <laughs> and you're like, okay, this is this is odd. Very odd. Uh, Donald Pleasance then emerges from the kitchen with a big, shiny, hooked knife. like, And I mean, like, machete-sized hooked knife. And starts reciting Bible <laughs> verses that aren't real. Speaking of comedy, it looks like a Rob Liefeld knife from the 90s. So true. <laughs> like, that definitely that's something Some, Cable would have had exactly, in one of his yep. 15 pouches. <laughs> the uh, the lights dip and it starts raining indoors. And Hellraiser the, chains come out and lift Martin Landau up and <laughs> by his feet in the sky. And spread his legs. And, and Donald Pleasance uh, is gonna, does, does a terrifier. He's going to cut him in <laughs> half crotch first. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then it happens off screen. And boom. Uh, he wakes up screaming, our Martin Lando wakes up screaming, and uh, we cut to our title sequence, and we get our first taste of the goblin-esque soundtrack that totally rules, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, we're off to the races. Man, part of Martin Lando's act in this, I feel, is, is not even his fault. It's just his natural-looking face. He's just got such a evil smile, and, and holy shit, man. But I mean, think about him... Uh, in 
You know, I mean, even in his Oscar-winning role in Ed Wood, think mm-hmm. about him in Space 1999. Like, think of him in all these other things. He rarely looks evil. Yeah. Like, it's even when he was playing Bella Lugosi, he wasn't looking evil. Yep. He looks so evil. In and this. in this, he's going out of his way to look crazy and evil. And, and he's nails it. Killing <laughs> yep. it. I mean, he's that so... That wide smile is oh. so good. Especially the van when he runs a bike off the road. And he's... Nah. <laughs> if they had ever remade uh, the the man who laughs or whatever that 1920s silent film is, oh, mm. he would have been perfect. Um, so we get the first of two hilarious little adorable Euro cars that are in this movie. Um, our uh, screaming mad Murdoch pulls up to this <laughs> insane asylum. Uh, the guy from the A team. It's, it's a sob. Is that what that thing is? It's a 71 sub. That thing is hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> that that thing can fit 50 clowns in it, I assume. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it's this building is apparently some stripe of insane asylum. It's hard to figure out exactly what kind of an insane asylum because there are no, no state rules, clearly. So it must be a private... <laughs> Asylum of some sort. Uh, I think it was a state one because they said the state wouldn't. So the state doesn't give a shit about. At first they did, but then they didn't. Eventually, the <laughs> eventually the state was like, you know they, what, let's just like, leave this guy to smoke drugs. Yeah, pretty and, like, much. Because fucking... they were like, because he had to, he had to fight with the state to let the because his his plan is to let everybody just walk free all the time. It sure is. <laughs> <laughs> that, that doesn't go well for him in the end. But um, yeah. But they they the state wanted him to have the extra security for. The nutters upstairs on the third floor, which, yeah. you know, but he was able to convince them just, no, we, we just have doors that can only work with electricity to keep them in because that can't fail at all. It's, I mean, yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's probably it's based on this, the prison version of that, which does as, as have were, a backup. As, as you were saying before sake. we started recording that th- th- this movie is dumb. This movie is this movie is amazing and I love it, but it's got some parts that are definitely dumb. Yeah, and the yeah. fact that this whole yeah. The whole security system of this hospital solely relies on electricity is dumb. You, there's no doors Oof. that lock with a ma- manual key. Like, Woof. if the electricity goes out, you are fucked. Yep. As what happens to our yep. nice orderly, exactly. who I love. <laughs> All right. Poor so, guy. Uh, so uh, screaming, uh, screaming mad Murdoch shows up. He's uh, he plays Doctor Daniel Potter. Uh, and he's meet, he's there to meet with the head of the the institution, and he talks to Linda Shea. Yay! At the reception. <laughs> yes. Uh, and uh, holy shit, that's pretty cool that she's in this. I This must be one of her earliest roles in a horror movie. Yeah, but I mean, she's in everything Robert Shea produces. That's... Uh... That's, I mean, her, that's her thing. Is this? Is that's this? A, that's her sister. But is that's this her brother? Her, but is this her first one? I don't think so. What? what maybe because this is the first movie that New Line Cinema actually made. Before this, they were just a production uh, distribution. Interesting. So this very well that. may be the first of the Robert Shea produced Holy Lynn Shea shit. cameos. Amazing. Yeah, that is kind of cool. <laughs> Pretty cool. It must be. So this is where we. This is where we're introduced to the idea that this is not your average mental health <laughs> facility. Uh, he approaches uh, Lynn Shea at the receptionist desk and says, "Hey." Uh, I need to see the doctor, and I need to see Leo, whatever the hell his name is. Leo Bane. Uh, Bane. And, uh... (laughs) Bane, doctor! (laughs) And she says, she says, well, you can't see him. 
Uh, why not? Because he's invisible. And he's like, oh, I see. So you're crazy. Um, <laughs> and, then, and so uh, apologies to the way that we're going to discuss mental health. We're discussing it in broad 80s strokes. The, there's no other way to describe this. Well, it's from 82. It's, it's from 1982. It's in cartoonish, wide, wide offensive strokes. <laughs> we're going to discuss it on its own terms. So apologies ahead of time. Um, anyway, so... We keep getting warned that Leo is a little unique. Uh, we find out that it's Dr. Pleasance, and he's a wacky little guy who hugs too much and asks too many questions. And seriously, after the Lin Shay thing, you're like, wait, is this is this really the doctor, too? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, the, the whole time, I definitely would, like, the first time you see this, you absolutely I thought that was going to be a twist, yeah. That he's now locked in this place, and it's a inmates running the asylum yep. story. But that is not correct. Oh, well, kind of is, even though he is a doctor. He is totally berzonkers. <laughs> um, in a delightful way. In a, he yeah, is yeah. just a dream to watch in this. He's, this, is, <laughs> uh, this is a role of a lifetime for Donald Pleasance. He is like just making a meal of this role, and it is perfect. He is perfect in this. And as he would play Dr. Loomis the same year, like you can't differentiate the roles more. Like they're so yeah, completely they're, different for being a psychiatrist. Like he holy did shit, not man. play. He nope. did not play the same way. Uh, it's so good. So we cut back and forth an awful lot between the two spaces. So there's going to be a lot of that. But back at the new house, Doctor Dan is unpacking all of his crap, and his daughter has some weird shtick about how sh- how he needs to use epoxy, not super glue. <laughs> I read it in the National Enquirer. When have you been reading the National Enquirer? And it's like, I what is this all about? <laughs> uh, I guess it's supposed to be charming banter between the family, but it didn't make much sense to me. Uh, it just gives you a feel for the fam. Sure. Uh, we know who they are now. And uh, we go back to the inmates of the asylum, and they have everyone sleeping in a single room with glass windows, metal bed frames, you know, like metal framed heaters, like everything is proves that they are unconcerned about the actual safety of these people. Like they can make shivs out of almost anything. Yeah. These people would have killed themselves by now. And the doctor calls him on it. I mean, Potter calls Bane on it, too. And I love that line where it's just like, aren't these people violent? Well, why not? It's a violent society. It's a violent society. <laughs> it's a but, violent... They've, but they've moved past that. We're actually, I'm I'm afraid for them out in the real world where it's really violent. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, well, yeah, but these are the people who caused the violence and made the real world violent. <laughs> you know, with their murders. <laughs> okay, I'm not going to argue against Donald Pleasance. I mean, he clearly knows what he's doing. So, systems run by electricity. We find all that stuff out. No backup system for it, so if the power goes out, God forbid, the power goes out, there's no backup. Uh, Leo introduces Dan to the patients, and we are also introduced to all four of our maniacs. Uh, Jack Palance, doing some big acting here, some really <laughs> crazy, he does a, a big turn. He's intense. Yeah. And then he holds back everything he's doing, he's... I'm just not going to strangle you. Happy trails. Happy trails. (laughs) And that's it's so good because he's so good at being directly intense that when he holds it back, 
you definitely feel like I think the average human being talking to Jack Palance in the world feels like he's going to murder them. Mm-hmm. Like just he's at a cocktail party, <laughs> you know, he's 99 years old. You're like, this guy is going to fucking strangle me <laughs> at some point. Um, and because he's just an intense dude. And yeah. this role is playing to his strengths yep. so hard, which is funny because like he I don't remember any other time he played like a psychotic, like a, a maniac. He's usually I can't either, a, but I mean, he's been in a hundred thousand things. I'm sure, so. I'm sure he has because he's been in a hundred thousand movies. He was a bad guy. What was oh, he? he's he's been a bad guy in a lot of. Oh, stuff. Yeah, oh, but you mean straight in up a lot of like okay, yeah, like yeah, yeah. low budget things. But yeah. him playing crazy is gotcha. Like him playing specifically someone who has a psychotic rage issue. Gotcha. Okay, is, yeah, is very that. is very to his strength. He is very scary. Um. So they they have these. Uh, they go back to the. Uh, to their beds and they're all just kind of laying there and Palance is like talking to I'm going to go back and forth between Palance and Palance because I have no idea how to pronounce his name I've um, always said Palance I, I always bounce back and forth <laughs> randomly so that I get it right at least 50% of the time um, so he's talking to all of to the four people who are at, at this asylum essentially and they're all laying in bed and he's like so uh, our doctor is gone. That must mean that uh, Dr. Dan killed him. And so we need to kill him. and But not now. We've yeah. got to wait. And, and kill him on the outside. Yes. So, <laughs> Which also doesn't make any sense. Like, it doesn't make a lot of sense. This is, I mean, there's a lot of this that is really... Uh, like, how are we going to get to this guy that comes here every day? We'll have to wait till we break out. <laughs> To I, get him. I mean... But uh, again, they are the crazies. Sure. <laughs> but the, the the thing that's interesting about it is that by adding this element of him saying, we've got to wait until this happens, what you're also adding into this is this this kind of mystical element where you have this crazy person who believes that he has some sort of religious connection and he's like, no, we're going to wait until this time. And then the, something fucking happens. Yeah. You know, like he's, you know, he's not wrong. Yep. He's like, he's a crazy person, but he also literally had a prophecy of the nuclear power plant failing. <laughs> and they say the likelihood of this happening, it had to be an act of God. Yeah. And so essentially we're like, we're led to believe that on some level, maybe this dude is actually has some sort of supernatural connection which is that's a fun little angle that isn't explored too much but is also you know it makes yeah, it, a, makes it yeah. a little weirder Disney, and creepier definitely. Uh, okay so uh, Dan needs to pick up his delinquent younger sister Tony who is experiencing some mental health issues herself <laughs> those are also not really delved into too closely and don't really even play yeah, a part really. honestly they that could have were, been left out it could have been the only reason that they were there was as an excuse to have the Tom Savini zombie. Yeah. That was Which literally Which also it. to me just seemed... I loved it. <laughs> I loved it too because it's cool and it's Savini shit. And it, it was a great. great scare. Oh yeah. But at the same time, it, that scene could have been an excise and nobody would have known the wiser and no, sure. moved on. Oh yeah. I, honestly, I think it added texture that I really enjoyed yep. personally. But uh, I think it's one of those things that if it wasn't there, you wouldn't even miss it. Like, 
I mean, if I was if I was on the budget end of this, and someone was like, "Why did you hire Tom?" Why did you have him build a whole zombie puppet for all of one second of screen time for y- what? Yeah. Like back then was probably forty thousand dollars. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, dude, you didn't need to do I that. I really needed a jump scare <laughs> in the middle of the things that were actually scary. If I had to guess, I would say it was done for the trailer. Like, it's something that would have been cool to have in the trailer. I can see wanting to, like, have a moment with a crazy zombie in a trailer, but I don't know. No other other reason. Maybe just they were excited to have Tom Savini, which I would have been too, yeah. (laughs) Of course. Uh, Do, do, do. Uh, okay, so his his wife is also worried that she's not going to be able to handle the burden of having his maybe mentally ill sister living with them. Uh, and so they go. Uh, well, we go back to the we go back to the insane asylum here, and he's talking to Leo. And this is the this is the moment when we really start seeing Donald Pleasance going for it. He's like. <laughs> Do you mind if I smoke? Yeah, he's packing he's like, up. He's packing yeah, sure, up pipe. That's fine. <laughs> and then he pulls out like a really stereotypical, like what you would see in an old western, as, like a like, Native American peace like pipe a kind of thing, quote unquote peace pipe. Oh uh, no, 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 it's, it's like it's like it's like he's smoking uh, um, some sort of hallucinogen, yeah. some sort of like deep jungle hallucinogen. That well, no I, one I love the line too. He's like, "Do you mind if I smoke?" And the doctor goes, "If you have to." He's like, "Oh, I don't have to." I, I want, want to. <laughs> Here, smell this nug. <laughs> I mean, that's essentially what he says. Yeah, he uh, does. He holds some freaking weed up to the doctor's nose. He's like, oh, look at this. It's freaking... But, but th- I think... <laughs> it's some good sour diesel kush-kush. <laughs> <laughs> but it's even it's even weirder than that because it is. It's like they're, they're even like making it even weirder because it's like this is from the deep... Woods. Yeah. It's like an extract from a toad that you know only comes from the this particular part of the rainforest. And you're sure you're the actual doctor, not like a Lin Shay thing going on, right? Pretty sure. <laughs> I think so. I'm about fifty percent sure. <laughs> How can I be sure of anything? Uh, I'll so, get so stoned later on, I can't even talk to the operator. <laughs> oh, that's true. Uh, Dan meets with the orderly, who is the only voice of reason in this entire yes. movie. Uh, there was only one character that I was like, please don't kill this guy, and yep. he is the first to die. And I was like, come on, man. I love him too, yeah. The, that was an honest-to-God bummer. This guy, he's pr- he's pretty much our audience surrogate, where we're just like... He's like, okay, yeah, I know, I know that you wanna you wanna help these people and all that, but they're really, really dangerous. <laughs> yeah. Serious. I'm here a lot, and they're very. They've killed lots of people on the outside, <laughs> and they continue to exhibit the same violent tendencies. Do not turn your back on them. And he's like, oh, and just to let you know, they said they want to kill you because they think you killed the other doctor. What are you gonna do about that? Nothing. Oh, nothing. I'm not going to say anything. That's perfectly normal for them to think. <laughs> I really that. think you should develop a different strategy, Doc. <laughs> I love how he says that it's perfectly normal yeah. for them to. I, he's. It's funny that he's already adopting the Donald Pleasant's attitude towards these patients, even <laughs> though he's not of the Donald Pleasant school. He's the poser. He's. <laughs> He's just, yeah, he's just a cipher. He's just turning into <laughs> Donald Pleasance. He got any hash. <laughs> he should really start smoking something right here. Uh, so 
Yep. Uh, we hear him explain that the only thing that separates him from them is electricity. And a lack of electricity would sure cause a problem. <laughs> so, but just, just let me reiterate. No electricity, we host. Can you just pull the door closed and lock no! it? No! Only auto buttons. Okay. <laughs> so, not only is it electricity, it's also if it gets jammed, if it, like, if it shorts out, if, like, there's mechanical issues that could happen as well. Yeah. Mm. I mean, now they're pretty much making cars like that now. Good point. Oh, a battery died. My electronic super handle won't pop out of the door side, and I can't put the window down because the battery's or dead. the teslas that die on the uh, on the interstate and they have to be towed by special things and they can't even you can't even push them out yeah <laughs> oh boy hey yeah it's like you need to have a <laughs> one certain thing happen and that tesla is just dead in the water <laughs> all right so considering leo is such a hippie that loves drugs so much not a single one of these patients is sedated even slightly and so they're all very hyper, very violent, and, like, exhibiting all of these terrible things. And it's, like, it's maybe a little Thorazine. Like, I mean... <laughs> this is a treat. <laughs> <laughs> patients can have a little bit of Thorazine and salami as a treat. Uh, so he Landau comes in and just screams at the orderly at the top of his lungs. <laughs> And Dr. Dan's like, hey, we don't scream. That's not very nice. That's oh, he comes in looking for a match, right? <laughs> yeah. It's like, I don't think, why don't you ask Dr. Leo if you can have a match? I love it when he does, too. <laughs> like, sure, have the whole pack. Have the whole pack, Pyro. <laughs> <laughs> I love that so much. Here, take much. the gas. Here, take a yeah. shotgun. Here you go. Here you go. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Here's the nuclear football. Go on. Uh, this is all part of your therapy. <laughs> anyway, um, so the movie does a great job of showing Pleasance side by side with these people who are exhibiting like intense psychotic behavior. And also, credit where credit's due, again, they these are stereotypes of, of mental disorders, but when you think of a movie that has a mental institution it doesn't go down the central casting. Everybody's got a haunted house version of what a person in a mental institution is like. There's nobody like rocking in the corner going, someone touch my ducky, someone touch my ducky, you know, or whatever. Like they don't have those things that you see in every movie. Yeah. So uh, credit where credit's due. There are. They got the woman who talks about uh, her intestines coming out. And if she doesn't wrap them back, she's going to turn to porcelain. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> is that much more creative and interesting and more like an actual psychotic problem? Yeah, yes. 100%. <laughs> like, that is like a real... That, that sounds a lot more like a real disorder. Stoner Loomis, just, next time that happens, put your put your hands up in front of your mouth and your intestines won't come out. I promise. You're cured. <laughs> and that's and that's when they show them. You, you see these guys who are being very, very crazy. And Loomis looks crazier than the rest of them. Yep. Like, he looks like the problem in every situation he's in. He never looks like the solution. No. And it, it's just great. <laughs> like, I mean, that is some masterful directing of actors mm-hmm. to have him look the way that he does in those scenes. Um, 
Dr. Dan's uh, out there. He sees uh, he sees him ca- catch the coat on fire and starts <laughs> starts waving it around, attacking this is people. This all a coordinated ploy so that Fatty can sneak in. That's his name. That's right. <laughs> so Fatty can sneak in, rummage through the desk, and get his address so they know where the Dr. Dan lives because they have to kill him on the outside I for prefer, no reason. I prefer to call him Dynamo. Yes. <laughs> uh, okay, so can we talk about him for two seconds? We can. He is one of the most interesting human beings is. who has ever lived. And this, he did not live long. He lived till 34 years old, which is such a bummer. This guy was, he would have, he was from the the royal family of the Netherlands. Mm-hmm. He's of royal blood. He was a spectacular wrestler. Mm-hmm. To the point that he left the Netherlands to move to the United States and compete in the Olympics. He was going to go to the Olympics as a wrestler for the U.S. And it just happened that that was the one year that we boycotted the fucking Olympics. Mm. And so he didn't get to go. He's a professional computer programmer. With a degree in computer science, he started his own computer company. Started his own computer company and is a professional singer while he's pro wrestling on uh, the uh, side. Opera singer. Uh, I'm sorry. Did I? What did I say? <laughs> Just singer. Oh, yeah. oh yes, he's a, a opera singer. Contra <laughs> contrabass. One of those, and he he's a computer programming strongman wrestler opera singer. I <sighs> from royalty. <laughs> Who is from the, the yeah. royal family of the Netherlands. <laughs> this guy. Who somehow found his way into acting. <laughs> and also managed to be in Schwarzenegger movies. Yes. Like, I, you want to. Fuck you the most interesting man in the world. <laughs> I've, I've one up to you. This is the most interesting man in the world. The 360 pound opera singer. <laughs> Who also is a, owns a computer company, <laughs> acts in films, and, and sings opera at night. Wild. Holy shit, what a wild world. Man, that's cool. Uh, I'm just, uh, I'm in awe of this human mm-hmm. being. Uh, I oh, wish, Fatty? Yes. I wish he could have lived <laughs> a lot longer. So anyway, yes, Fatty sneaks in and grabs the sneaks the address and looks at the family photo and we found out earlier that he is also he's a child a, rapist he's a this. child rapist so you're like Ey. which is a a term that i like in an 80s movie like i think you're gonna have a cutoff of like 1983 where that's going to never be said again on film where mm-hmm. people are just gonna be like I don't think anybody ever wants to hear that term <laughs> or think about that possibility. Yep. I don't want that occupying any space in my brain whatsoever. I love that this movie sets up that dark possibility and then does and not thwarts it. Thank you. But and does not follow through, but follows through interestingly. Like it makes absolutely. you think like you're like fuck fuck because fuck, you fuck, don't fuck. know there's something brilliant that's one of the most brilliant parts of this movie mm-hmm. is that yeah it sets up an expectation that you don't know how far it's gonna go mm-hmm. you're like you're strapped to a chair watching this movie and it's just like i might be so showing you something you're never gonna be able to unsee yep and it's like fuck do i want to be here like i don't <laughs> know that i want to be here for this thing that you're about to show yeah. me and neither do they that's why they break out 
exactly. And it's <laughs> it's amazing. It's it's absolutely brilliant. It's like it's as effective at disturbing you as like a torture porn or something like that, but it does it in a smart way. Yes. As opposed to doing it in a dumb fuck way. So, yeah. Amazing. Uh <laughs> Yeah. That was I forgot to mention that when he uh when he whispers in the when he whispers in oh, Martin Landau's yes. ear, he's like and then Martin Landau like stomps out his his flaming shirt and he's like, Oh, I'll stop. Mm. And he's like, What did you say to him? Oh, I just told him that I'd string him up upside down and cut him in half with a machete. <laughs> oh, so that's where he was getting those dreams oh, from. I wonder why he's <laughs> <laughs> you might not be helping. You might yeah. not be part of the solution, buddy. Just saying. Yep. Uh, okay. So, Dr. Dan's hot, disturbed, uh, new wave sister shows up, and she says the most bizarre, random thing that I was like, I was super, like, I thought she was saying, I want to get weed <laughs> when she first came in. And I guess what she's saying is, I'm into music. She comes in and she's like, are there any Rastafarians in the neighborhood? You're in rural Pennsylvania. There are Amish people in the neighborhood. There are no fucking Rastafarians. And why? Rastafarians moving into Amish country sounds like it could be a great comedy. Fucking A. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. And it's like, we bought this farm. And the Amish are like, no, we just bought this farm. And it's like, I guess we'll How live here we together. Gonna, oh, we're both raising crops together. Yeah. Oh, it's, you know what? I really think that Method Man and Red Man might have made that movie. <laughs> and I just don't remember it. <laughs> it, it. It sounds like it has in a different, in a different dimension. They have, they have how Amish instead of how high. <laughs> you're right. I think there is, I think there was a sequel to how high that was this Amish story. Oh, there was a sequel to How High without meth and red, and let's not talk about it. What? That's that's <laughs> a tragedy. Also, How High was a tragedy, so there you go. <gasps> oh, shit. Oh, snap. I'm making enemies. <laughs> I'm about to walk out of this podcast. Oh, boy. Because <laughs> that movie is perfect. <laughs> you know what Method Man movie is perfect? How uh, High? Duh. Bronx versus <laughs> Vampires. Bronx? A. I've not seen it. Or vice versa. One of the two. It's either Vampires versus the Bronx or Bronx versus no, Vampires. No. It's awesome. No. Came out like three years ago. It rules. No, I'll have to check that out. You should check it out. It is great. Um, he plays a preacher very badly, <laughs> and it's great. <laughs> uh, okay, so Dr. Dan takes a delightful walk with Hawk here, and this uh, is another impressive, awesome crazy person performance yep. from Palance. Yeah. Uh, he, this is our info dump about the deal with all of the psychos. Everyone has their own thing. Mm. Uh, He's a, he's a child rapist. This one is a, he likes to light fires in churches while people are still in them. (laughs) Uh, I just, I'm here for the company, (laughs) which is, I guess, is he? We never learn why Hawk is there. We we learn that all of the other people are murderers. He's a, he's a he's a veteran, so I, we kind of gotta assume that he's got post-war yeah. He was crazies. he's yeah. a he's like he's like a colonel or something. Yeah. He was like a high-ranking official, yeah. and that's all we know. 
and we know. I mean, I think you can make up your own backstory. Sure. From that. Yeah. Sure. Like, I mean, I'm sure there's some sort of post-traumatic stress yeah. disorder, but again, he's hanging out with literal, killers. Yeah. Like, like all serial killers. Yep. It's like literally a room full of serial killers, and this guy who. But you it's kind of neat. They keep it mysterious. They keep him. it mysterious, yeah. and we don't know. You can fill in your story. They as keep the bleeder kind of mysterious too. They're just like what he. He kills people and he bleeds. He strangles people, yes. And bleeds. Yeah, and... Yeah. and, and uh, every it's kind of vague. Time, every really... time he kills someone... It, that's the other part of this. It's such a script thing. It's such a... Like, it's such a plant to be like, aha, we're going to give you this this clue. He's going to have a... He's going to have a tell. Yep. And you can tell that they're seeding a tell in his character right But then there. I feel enough interesting thing goes on that it's you true. just forget about it. I, like, I think the first time I watched you, this, I did happens, forget then you about do, it. Yeah, you do. And then when it does happen, you're like, oh yeah, oh shit. And then you, it's a cool twist. You yep. definitely feel like, what is it, Tom or Tony or whatever. Tom. He's kind of sus the whole time. You're kind of like, I don't think ah. he is. Maybe I'm he, a dummy, but I, I like the twist. I did not see it coming. There were too many moments of him just being like totally cool with the situation. Yeah. I guess I'm not too cool to pretend I can guess everything like you. <laughs> he's like he's constantly being like he never he never freaks out when it's like a, an arrow comes through the window and he's just standing there like huh. yeah. It's kind of one of those Which, things. Where I guess it's also maybe an after the fact kind of thing. Yes, when you watch it again, you, you can kind of notice like, oh okay, yep. Because it could again. I don't think I figured it out the first time I saw yep. it. But when I watched it again, it seemed like it was such an obvious reveal. So maybe it's yeah. Just... There's another there's another scene later on where he freezes, kind of odd when things are going on. But if yeah. you're not paying attention to him, you don't really see him looking all spacey. So it's just like you don't really connect the dots until you actually know it. Yeah, I think it's I think it's just again them doing a really good job of putting the pieces together. Okay, uh, this is the best. So his sister. Takes the two squares out. Why in the world would she think they would want to go to that? Uh, it's so weird. Okay, it's so, so and it's so out of left field that this movie takes us to a punk rock club. Like I would never see that coming. I feel uh, it, uh, absolutely because again, you're you're looking at them. They are in Amish country. Yeah, they're in the middle of nowhere, and they drive into the city specifically to go to this punk club and see the sick fucks. Yep. S-I-C fucks. Um, and Doing a lovely rendition of chop, chop, of choppity chop. Chop, 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 chop. Maybe it's because she wants to go, but she can't drive, and yeah. so he's like, well, I gotta go. Come on, honey, come with me, and whatever. Or maybe it's a joke that they're not supposed to... I don't know. Yeah, I, I can't quite figure it out. It's just weird it's but just it's weird awesome enough that it works and i don't care but yeah, at the yeah. same time like when you start questioning it, you're like what why would they go they, yeah they even say that the wife is even like he wouldn't want to go to that like but he goes anyway like, yeah these guys are great they're like the dickies and fear squished together with like just a pinch of that fake snl band from uh from the 70s like when they would do a punk band and like uh it would have one of the snl characters as the main <laughs> like mm. it was like a fake fear that they used to do. Uh pretty great. Um again, I would join them in a heartbeat if they reformed. Yes. Guys, if you need a guitar player, drummer, <laughs> hit me up. I would love to play the reunion shows with the sick fucks. I'll go to California or wherever. And, and, you and are. I'll swing some big cardboard meat cleavers. Hell yeah. 
I would do that too. Um, so they're having a blast, of course. And except Dr. Dan sticking toilet paper in his ah, ears because it's too loud for him. If it's too loud, you're too old, Dan. <laughs> uh, you know, Screaming Mad Murdoch would never have behaved like this. He would have been pogoing with the rest of them. Yep. But, uh, and flying his helicopter back home. Yep. So, <laughs> but he does not enjoy it. But luckily, his prayers were answered and the power goes out. <laughs> This must be localized, though, right? It couldn't be the nuclear reactor. <laughs> no, it's a nuclear reactor. Oh, no, it is. Um, <laughs> and so... He- I love that we don't live in movie land. Like, I mean, I know there's been power outage riots before, like, famously, the, the New York blackout. But it's like, I love that in so, so many movies, like, this is like, oh, the power has gone out. Five seconds later, <laughs> the streets are on fire and everybody's rioting. Okay. <laughs> The but, power goes out here, and it's like, oh, I wonder when the power's going to come back. <laughs> but Philadelphia will riot when the Eagles win a game, lose a game. <laughs> <laughs> tie a game. Tie a game. <laughs> like, they forfeit uh, when it's rained out. <laughs> they, literally, they are well known for their riots. And steak and cheeses. There is literally, like, an entire division of their of their community service dedicated to pole greasing. So that people won't climb telephone <laughs> poles and light poles. Oh, go home, Philly. You <laughs> always, always. <laughs> weren't they well known for throwing batteries at Santa Claus? Wasn't that a... Yes, it was a thing. I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Okay, there was an incident. <laughs> oh, I'm going to get this totally wrong because I'm not a sports guy, but I remember this thing. Batteries at Santa. Okay. okay there was Hook some... Okay, this is... I think they they made a joke about this on The Simpsons too. That was like sort of a, an idea of that, but it was like Battery Day or something. Like Duracell sponsored something, and everybody <laughs> oh, got like a pack of batteries. Those are heavy and hard. They sure are. And then <laughs> Santa Claus came out and interrupted the game or something, and everybody started getting mad because they were all drunk. It was like Quart Nickel Beer Day or something, huh? and they had batteries. And so they just started hucking batteries at Santa. Oh. And <laughs> batteries was, are also expensive. Yeah. I, I'm probably getting some of these details incorrect, but it is very similar to this I'm story. I'm looking this up after. Yeah, absolutely. I want to know this, more about battery Santa. This is a very... You know what? When when I saw that Philadelphia set everything on fire the second the power went out, I went, "Yeah, it seems on brand." Seems on brand. <laughs> I played a show in Philadelphia, and they were like, and the guy I stayed with was like, "You need to get out at six a.m." And I was like, "What do you mean? Like, I, I'm sorry, dude. Did I did I offend you?" He was like, "No, no, no. The the colleges are emptying, and." They're doing, uh, what is it called, wilding or something? Like, the colleges get out and the frats go insane. He was like, all the bars are closed in town. They bring their liquor in. Everybody boards up their doors and shit. And oh, my gosh. Nobody goes downtown. You need your car out of there. <laughs> like, if your car is not out of there by 9 a.m., you are fucked. And I was like, okay. So we packed our shit and got out real early. Because <laughs> he was like, he was... N- it, the way he was talking about it, it was like it was the purge. Yep. He was like, <laughs> no, no, no. No, all crime is legal in Philadelphia <laughs> right now. You need Sounds to get like out. <laughs> uh, anyway. <laughs> Where are we? Uh, f- wrapping up the shitting on Philly section of this uh, podcast. <laughs> I loved Philly. Okay. By the way, loved playing in Philly. I thought it was 
fucking awesome. We played two shows there, and it was like some of the best shows I've ever played. The bands ruled. They were all like the Dead Milkmen. Anyway, okay. So, okay. As we know, the power's gone out. The the mental wards open. Blah blah blah. We get a radio thing saying the act of God thing where they're like, there's no way that this could possibly happen. Uh, and we cut back to the, the mental institution where our Oscar winner, Martin Landau, is kicking an orderly in the face. <laughs> and Oscar winners do that. They, they do that sometimes. <laughs> uh, so Dynamo picks him up, snaps his back like... We're also introduced to the idea that this guy is incredibly strong. Oh, that, and, no, that wasn't just the... That was the... He killed the good guy. Yeah, the got, orderly. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, um, he's... And I think he literally did pick that guy up over his head. Oh, he did. I think that was... He picked up the girl at the end, too. Yeah. He, oh, yeah, the, yeah. That's all real. Yeah. <laughs> he's a strong dude. Yeah. Um, He's six six. Jesus. That is a lot of that is a lot of pressure on the heart, man. Being that big, fuck, dude. Again, unfair. Yep. The world is unfair. I wanted to meet that guy. What a crazy person. Yeah. Uh, okay. Um. So Dynamo kills that guy, and we're all sad because he was the only good person in the movie. <laughs> and some idiot pulls up to the mental institution in the middle of the night during a blackout. It's another for- doctor. Oh, okay. They said it. That's when the, the dumbass cop says that to Potter later on. Oh, okay. He's like, oh, no, some guys got killed. Was it Dr. Bates? No, some other guy, like Berman or Burns or... <laughs> I love how nonchalant they <laughs> are so talking about... so nonchalant. He's literally talking about the deaths of this guy's friends. And he's just <laughs> like, no, some other guy, like, no, like Fartseed or Fertigan <laughs> or... No, some dumb name. I don't know, might have been your mom. I don't fucking know. <laughs> Uh, so yes, luckily they just in the nick of time, this guy shuts off his car and can't get it started just as these four wander out reservoir dog style, like in like they're about <laughs> great if little green bag was playing at this part. Well, I mean, honestly, they were walking out in a way that if the building had exploded behind them it and it had looked... gone in slow motion, it yep. would have looked perfect. <laughs> like they were, it was a very, and the bleeders all. Walking with his hand over his face. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Super good. Um, snap that guy's neck, break his windshield, steal his car. They go downtown. Uh, Dan and his family go home to find Bunky the babysitter asleep on the couch. All the power is out here <laughs> as well. And downtown, everything is on fire. So our psychos go into a sporting goods store that is being looted. And they find some murder implements. I'm impressed that after all this looting took place, all those really nice knives were still there. Well, most people were probably not looking to get things to kill people with. They were just like, I need Suckers. TVs and shit. That yeah, good point. <laughs> but uh, Martin Landau was looking for a big-ass knife, and he found he finds one. it. Hawks uh, is looking for a crossbow, and he finds it. He also gets a pistol, right? Yep. And uh, <laughs> Dynamo tries putting a, a football helmet on, but he can't because his noggin's too big. And so he takes a takes a baseball bat instead, <laughs> and the bleeder gets a hockey mask to hide his face. The family goes all Jurassic Park and eats all the ice cream in the freezer. Aunt Tony tucks the little girl in, and they have a talk about being scared of the dark. 
Tony proves that she should not be a mother here, where she's like, you're not afraid of the dark? Really? I was always afraid of the things that were in the closet or <laughs> under the bed. It's like anything could be there to get you. I'm and anything just... could be outside the house as well, just waiting to get in. It's just, she's not good at consoling a child. But luckily, the child is so oblivious, she's like, yeah, you're right. I don't care. <laughs> well, it's just Layla. She's awesome. <laughs> I sleep. love this girl. Yeah, she does a great job in this. She takes no shit from anybody either. <laughs> she even attacks... There's like, a there's a 400 pound psychopath that is like making creepy moves to her, and she's like, "Whatever, I'm eating a cookie. Shut the fuck up." Yeah. <laughs> to be fair, she does not know he's a psychopath. Uh, he definitely gives off some. Uh, she's un- not judgmental like you. I'm sorry, I am very judgmental. <laughs> Found that out today. Some some dude came in. Some sketchy guy came into the store today to return something, mm-hmm. and I was like. Fuck, this guy totally stole this. He's just returning it without a receipt. And I was like, David, this thing. He was like, no, that guy came in and bought it. And I was like, oh, I'm an asshole. <laughs> okay. Sorry, everybody. I'm a dickhead. Okay. Um, let's see. The bleeder kills a guy here with a gardening tool. And this was very smart because they gave him a white hockey mask so you can really see the blood. Yep coming out of his nose and it really shows nicely we don't see his face but we see the blood again super clever yep planting that seed yep and then then he's just like fuck i'm out of here yeah Uh, say bye to the bleeder yep that's it bleeder has exited the movie (laughs) and uh next day it bright sunshine where uh, life has gone on as usual, except there's a mailman on a bicycle, or a, I guess he's a parcel delivery, like... Courier? Courier, I don't know, whatever he is. <laughs> Singing telegram man? <laughs> whatever happens, uh, Martin Landau decides that he really wants that hat. I want that hat. <laughs> so, <laughs> I love it. So uh, they, they chase him down, and you expect them to run him over. He doesn't, but just- then he calls... Then he calls uh, Hawk an asshole. What are you, is, some kind of an asshole? <laughs> which is his trigger phrase, basically. Like, I would have liked it if they had said something about that, but it, it's basically the the, the, uh, the Back to the Future thing. It's like calling Marty a chicken. Oh, yep. It's As soon as he does that, he, goes, he sees red and goes murderous anytime he's called an asshole. And so he does. He hits him with the van, and the guy goes flying. I love those moments of people getting hit by cars in movies when the car is moving like five miles an hour and oh, then when he, they fly, he, he slams that they gig- fly at like gigantic, 30 miles an hour. He slams such a gigantic van in, in reverse and I can't imagine it going that fast to, no, to catch that guy. <laughs> the guy flies, I mean... And Martin gets his hat. You've got some You've got some A-team people here. Of course they know how to use a pneumatic <laughs> catapult. They're going to throw that guy as far as they can. Um... But the hat was with a purpose, because that is a mail delivery hat, and now he can pose as a mail delivery person to go to the doctor's house. Uh, he does not seem like the planning ahead type, but there you go. There you go. They're full of surprises. Yeah. Now we're now we're back at home yet again, and Tony is making her anti-nuclear war or nuke protest signs because something weird happened at the power plant, and so everybody's like, "Hey." Let's you go know, protest this right now. Before it becomes another three-mile island. I mean, you're just... The sister's just there visiting, right? 
Yeah. Like, damn, she's like, I gotta spend a whole day visiting my brief visit, protesting a power plant for a place I don't even live at. Did Clutch. she bring that giant pile of paints with well, that was her? probably at the house. Oh, yeah. They had they had a giant pile of paint there. <laughs> um, and now, this is, this is where Landau shows up the house. He's wearing the delivery hat, and he says, I've got a message for Dr. Dan. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, well, he's not here. Well, uh... When is he coming back? <laughs> He'll be back later tonight. I promise I'll be back tonight. And so, so he will. Dr. Leo's now uh, talking shit. Oh, actually, Dr. Dan's talking shit to Dr. Leo here. He's like, hey, these guys have murdered a bunch of people. Maybe <laughs> you're not doing the right thing. And he's like, uh, nope. Still totally convinced that my way is my way is working. And that the outside world is the problem. Uh, the little daughter gets home and finds Dynamo in the living room. This is where we get this incredibly tense thing yeah. where we're like, like, oh fuck, oh boy, what are we, what but are we here doing? Here is also where the movie gets super dumb. Hmm. The power's out. Why did she have school that day? Is the power still out? The power's totally still out. That's why they're still in candlelight when they're later on that night. But I mean, this is during the day, is it? Yeah. Did it? I thought the power was still out. They don't have power back at their house at that night. Oh, that's true. They don't. They're eating. They're eating by candlelight yeah. that night when the. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you're it's right. a giant blackout. So like, but so with everybody in this neighborhood with their power out all night, they still had school that day. Yeah. No. Yeah. No. Philadelphia is very into education. No. They do not fuck around <laughs> with those kind of time off things. Uh, but yes, I just thought it was kind of foolish. Nah. Yeah, yeah. It's but, an excuse to get the daughter home alone. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <clears throat> and so uh, he's getting pretty creepy pretty quick. He's constantly being like, "Let's go upstairs. Let's go upstairs. Let's go upstairs to your room." room. <laughs> uh, and she's being wonderfully oblivious, and she's just like, "Nah, whatever. I don't want to go to my room. I want nope. to eat cookies and drink want, this milk. I want to eat this cookie. <laughs> so go to hell." I kind of felt bad for both of these actors in this scene. <laughs> like, I I can't imagine being in this situation as an adult, having to act like a child molester next to yeah. a child. I was like, gah. <laughs> it gives me the willies just thinking about it. But, like, and even for the little girl, like, except for the way that she plays it. She plays it so stoically, it's mm-hmm. kind of hilarious. Um, and... I'm sure that they didn't make her aware of the oh, it's just of the that undertone. Yeah. Yep. That it's just like, oh, he's gonna he's a murderer and this is a horror movie and so you know. Yep. I'm sure. He's a bad guy. Just pretend he's you a, don't know he's bad. Right. He's a bad guy and pretend you don't know. Yep, I agree. Although, man, the regulations for child actors back <laughs> <laughs> going back in that era were not great. Um anyway. Let's see. Oh, uh, okay, so uh, this is when Mom can't come home, which is where the reason Mom isn't home to see Dynamo there is because she's been arrested at the anti-nuke protest. This is just sort of a a plot contrivance to get them out of the yeah. way for a moment. Uh, she doesn't strike me as the getting arrested type. Like, No. Unless she was arrested unjustly, which obviously can't happen. But, I like, mean, at a giant protest and she didn't even really want to go and isn't really used to protesting even like yeah unless she 
freaking hit a cop. I don't know what she was arrested for. <laughs> Maybe she did. I don't. Your mom, think your she... mom totally beat a cop. <laughs> I don't think so. I think this is this is an era of just like people just getting rounded up at yep. protests. And I love when um, uh, the doctor calls the babysitter to go have him check. Like yep. she doesn't even ask a question. Like, hey, I need you to go check. My wife got arrested. Can you go check on Lila? And she's like, okay. Yeah, <laughs> she doesn't even ring an alarm bell with Bunky. She's like, <laughs> "What did she get arrested for?" Doesn't even ask. She's like, yeah, no problem. So teenaged that yeah. they're just like, literally anything else that doesn't involve me directly. <laughs> I don't even care. Not even going to ask about it. <laughs> My wife was exposed to radiation, and she's grown thirty feet tall. Uh huh. <laughs> okay, how much am I getting paid? You're going to need a bigger front door. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so, let's see. Uh, this is... We're introduced to the charming dude who looks like the $6 million man. He... Tom? Is that his Tom. name? Tom. Uh, and he... He graciously gives up his spot in line to get released or no, get a phone call. No, he's get a phone call. Because who the fuck's he going to call? Yeah, I mean... <laughs> He, he's a murderer. He can't call anybody. But he's like, no, don't worry. You can go first. And this charms the pants off of the, the younger sister. Yep. And so she starts flirting with him, and she's like, oh, you should come home. Actually, he's got a he's got a minor head wound. And she's like, oh, you should you should come talk to my, my brother's a doctor. My brother. He's a doctor. He's not a doctor. He's a <laughs> fucking psychiatrist. And uh, she's a dummy. Well, maybe he's a psychologist, so <laughs> maybe he is a doctor. Whatever. Uh, anyway, um, yes. Let's see. They go home, uh, and we've got all of this. This is this this scene where we're like pointing to some unbelievably dark shit, and we don't know what the movie is willing yep. to do here. And so Bunky's basically like slowly going up. We see so many of these movies for the podcast where people do things where they're walking slowly down a hallway and it's a pointless piece of padding and it has no suspense whatsoever. Mm -hmm. This movie does this the right way. This is the only way that I've seen this scene done in almost any of the movies that we've done Mm -hmm. where it's like, this is, this is suspenseful. The entire time I'm watching this, this scene, I'm like, are we going to find the aftermath? Oh my Are we going to see this in the oh act? My is this God. guy still there? Like, there's so many. Everything. Every is... question is awful. Yeah, there's like, <laughs> there's no, there's no good way this ends except for what they did. I mean, what happens is inexplicable considering who he is, but yeah. I'm glad that it's the way it went down. Um, They just find her asleep. Uh, Bunky just finds her asleep. Yep. And, but... Even now, we don't know that she's not dead, dead. or unconscious. Oh, yeah. yeah, she's just laying in bed. She's like, oh, okay, she's napping. Yep. So, uh, and so this tension remains for the mm-hmm. remainder of this whole part. Uh, so Bunky's like, shit, I got the house to myself. Time to make a boner call. Hell yeah. And I also, this also points out how oblivious Dr. Dan is to the danger to his family. You know, he's, there's a death threat from four serial killers. They have escaped, they have threatened his life, and yet he is at work. Yeah. This, great job. This is not great. I mean, you can make the you can make the argument that they wouldn't possibly know where he would live to go get him anyway, because he doesn't know they have his address. But I guess that's true. 
but they did make a threat on his life. But you're asking for trouble making an assumption like that. So true. Um, again, this is like I said, this movie can get dumb. Yeah, (laughs) this is the kind of dumb part. A little bit. So, uh, another scene that is. So instead of us seeing her call for her boyfriend to come over or whatever, um, we see her clothes shed across the floor. Oh, yeah. And then this, again, could point to something terrible happening to her in addition to having happened to the little girl. So we're still in this moment of being like, okay, the tension is still here for what the fuck just happened. Yep. And then he comes to the door. She's naked. Well, she's and she, she, it's she's pretty bold her of her to assume too that like nobody else would show up earlier. <laughs> that is bold. What if Doctor Potter walked in? That's <laughs> real. Oh, bold. whoops. <laughs> yeah, any port in a storm. Yeah. Come on over here, Doctor. <laughs> uh, anyway, Bunky seems very free with her sexuality. Yep. Is all I'm saying. Uh, so, uh, they do it. Um, we get a little touch of nudity and some really puffy underpants. Oh, so <laughs> gross. So unflattering. It looks like she's wearing a diaper. It looks very much like she's wearing a diaper. Yep. It was... Poor um, choice of wardrobe here. Very poor. Uh, okay, but... It's there's... like the movie gave us sexy stuff and then made it not sexy for some reason. <laughs> I... I felt bad for her actually yeah. more than anything else. I was just like, those were like the style at the time, though. Like a Back gorgeous, these... gorgeous girl. Yep. Terrible, terrible, terrible. Back in these late seventies, early eighties, though, that was like a popular underwear style. That like frilly, poofy. Yeah, under, yeah. Like that. I don't know. It's gross. Yep. <laughs> anyway, um, there was a noise in the closet, and they're interrupted in the middle of getting it on, and Bunky's like, "No, go check it out." So he goes, he checks the closet. There's nothing there. And Ooh, the, look at the big scary monster. So there's nothing. He comes back to bed. Uh-oh, it, was, un, nah, it was under the bed. Ha-ha. I, so, thought it was, I thought it was a cool scare. It, it was an absolutely great scare. Yep. And and just like uh, in, in great scripting fashion, there was a moment where the literally we had this little conversation about what to be afraid of in the dark. One of the things was what's under the bed. Yep. I'm worried about what's in the closet and what's under the bed. And then we're paid oh. off for that little conversation oh, with looking in the closet and then yep. it's under the bed. Great. And I love this too here because so all of a sudden, yeah, preaches under the bed, starts sticking his big new knife up through the... Which doesn't make sense, but that's okay. Yeah, just roll with it. I, I, I will absolutely roll with it, but In again, the beginning of the scene, you'll notice, though, I love that the boyfriend's screaming under the bed the whole time. Yes. like So he's been like probably cut deep under yeah, there yeah. and just bleeding out, screaming. Like, it adds. I know that this is, a, this is a late 80s edition, but I would have loved to have seen a spreading pile of blood yeah. underneath the bed just coming out. But I think that probably would have been an X rating in this era, mm. so I can understand why they didn't do it. But yes, he's got a, you know, he's got a 16 inch blade and the mattress is like 25 inches and it's coming out and you can just like, it's going all the way to the hilt. <laughs> you can see the entire blade eh. up above. The, it bothered me shut the up. tiniest bit, <laughs> the tiniest bit. I didn't even think it. Shut up. See, there you go. <laughs> uh, it's 
<laughs> what bothers me is how long it takes her to get off the bed. Now you can factor in fear, but like, <sighs> but we've watched another movie where the same thing happened on this podcast before. I don't remember which because slugs maybe because this is episode nine hundred. Yes, um, <laughs> this is episode nine hundred. But I remember saying the same thing at that point too. Just go. Like yep. she's like, oh, the knife's there. Like I'm gonna start creeping slowly. It's just like. Go! <laughs> yeah, yeah. You really—that's. I mean, but they got a bit. I get it. I will say, uh, the actress playing Bunky, absolutely amazing. Oh yeah, she's great. Um, she reminds me. She's got a real fucking Marilyn Burns from Texas Chainsaw yeah, energy to her when yep. she's screaming, when she's terrified. Yep. The look in her eyes is very Marilyn Burns. She like her whole look is very much like that. Uh, and she's just she's very 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 good. But eventually she does just go. She goes. And she doesn't go far. Straight into the arms of Dynamo. <laughs> um, and Who lifts her up by her neck. Yep. And we presume snaps it because yep. that's his big move. We don't actually hear her neck break or anything, but that is his. He's a he's a neck breaker. Oh, yeah. And a back breaker. Yeah. It really kind of does it all. Uh, police detectives all over the house now. They knew that Dynamo was at the house, but they don't know anything about the murdered couple. So somehow this was all covered up. Nobody's gone up to that bedroom and seen big holes in the mattress and or blood from the floor. Blood, the, uh, they cleaned up all the blood on the floor. I don't know. I was gonna say we find later in our in our teeny tiny mini corpse party that they're put in the kitchen cupboard, but for, yeah. But like, yeah, that does, that's not gonna assume for the blood. Yep. Yeah, that's okay. It's fine. maybe, 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 maybe fatty cleaned up. Maybe yeah, they, maybe they, maybe they're good at that. <laughs> Who knows? Deleted um, scene of him with a mop bucket <laughs> and everything. <laughs> yeah, why not? Uh, so let's see. Yeah, they they're saying, oh, he probably just showed up to talk to Doctor Dan and then took off, <laughs> which sounds improbable. <sighs> yeah. Tony then shows up with Tom, the guy from jail, who is definitely a good guy. Um, <laughs> and they invite the cop to have dinner with them. They all sit around the table, ignoring big, obvious sounds. This is the weirdest part of this. There's like three times that there's like a clatter. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, don't worry about it. It was just the house settling. <laughs> Smash! How oh, settling? <laughs> That was probably just the window breaking itself. <laughs> Don't worry. <laughs> and eventually the cop's like, I'm going to go check this out. <laughs> Ow! How settling? Yep. <laughs> uh, unfortunately, uh, this guy, black guys in this movie have not had a great history of surviving. Unfortunately, no. this movie is really pulling the old kill the black guy first and any black guy is not going to survive move of this era of filmmaking, unfortunately. Uh, but he hears a crazy person doing a bad imitation of a dog and goes to look after it. Uh, and then the doctor's idiot wife scares him while he's looking out there. That was, it was a good scare, yeah. but it was a little irritating. I can't tell if I liked it because it was a good scare more than I hated it because it was a stupid thing to do that no one would do. Either way. She's like, he's like out there in the dark with a flashlight slowly panning around and she's like, slam, 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 slam on the window. <laughs> yeah. Do you see anything? Yeah. 
it's kind of like my peeve of when like people honk their horn at you when you're walking. It's like they just mean to say hi, but at the same time, like, do you know how scary a car horn is when you're just walking down the street, dude? Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Like, don't honk your horns at friends. <laughs> especially, I, yeah, especially when you have punk rock friends. It's like the number of people that I know in the world who are like, hey, motherfucker, and, or, you know, or whatever, like say something incredibly threatening to me yeah. on the street. And it's like, ah, it's me, your friend. <laughs> and I'm like, hey, that's super cool. I have people actually threatening me at my job all the time, and it's kind of <laughs> scary, and I wish you wouldn't do it. Um, so uh, <laughs> not really as cool as you might think it is. Yep. Uh, but yeah, I agree. So, okay. Let's see. Where are we at? Oh, he, he leaves and we, it looks like he's they're Like the camera is doing this thing where you think that the, the police officer is leaving the family's eye line, which I thought the whole thing was like actually really well set up where he's like, he comes around a corner and he goes behind a tree mm-hmm. and it looks like the family has no eye line on him. Yeah. He gets killed. But then the camera turns and we can see that they can all see him yeah. into the tree and they all scream at once. And I was like, oh, I thought this was going to be a picked off one by one, yeah. clearly manipulating your your expectation of what it was going to be. And it was totally different. Yeah, Again, he gets masterful. Stuck by the arrow. Heidi Hawk in his crossbow. The, <laughs> admittedly, that was a little hilarious because he was pinned a foot up on the tree as though mm. he saw the guy pulling the trigger of the crossbow, and he's like, ah, quick, but, let's jump. see if I could work on my vertical jump. <laughs> <laughs> he gets like a foot and a half off the ground. I knew this would look way cooler. <laughs> Oops, dart in the neck. Yeah. Also, but I guess we are also shown how strong that crossbow is, and that's the idea is that it picked that dude up yeah. off the ground and knocked him into the tree. Uh, sure. All right, and next page. Ah, there we go. Uh, more of th- this is the more I think about it, the Tom thing is not telegraphed. It's more that they're slowly unveiling it, that we're getting closer and closer to revealing yep. the secret of it. And honestly, to the point where when they do finally reveal the secret, uh, th- they felt like they needed to go above and beyond like i don't even know that might have been an adr line that the that the wife says oh my god it's the, the bleeder. bleeder yeah i think just to hammer it home like yeah because like remember we talked about the bleeder in the car and the bleeder at the hospital because honestly the bleeder hasn't been mentioned in that's fair. 45 yeah, yeah. plus minutes here yep so yeah you're gonna have to jog the audience's brain a little bit yeah this is this is where tom's like we should defend ourselves mm-hmm. and so we find out the phone is dead, and Tony's like, I'll go upstairs. And she heads up the stairs, and she starts losing it. She starts having a panic attack, and yep. she's like, I think I might be you know, going back. And again, her loss of reality and mental illness thing, dead end, really, other than just getting that cool moment. Visual, yep. Yeah, yeah she, she has a hallucination of a zombie. And she's like, it came in through the window. But they're like, the windows are closed. Yep. Not that there is no such thing as a zombie. <laughs> or no, I guess no, she no. doesn't say that. She just <laughs> says it was it came through the window. Yeah. So I don't know if she saw a zombie. Yeah. Yes. So uh, 
Everyone's being pretty ridiculously calm about this situation after just seeing a cop killed with a bow and arrow <laughs> or a crossbow. But uh, then mom's like, I got to get some Valium because I'm fighting for my life. I want to be half asleep. <laughs> That's right. You always want to be half asleep when fighting for your life and might have to run. Uh, Leo knows that Dr. Dan's house is under assault and his secretary's like, should you maybe call the police? <laughs> no, that's the last thing you should do. <laughs> I'll go over there myself. Yeah, because, again, he doesn't call the cops because Leo is this movie's straw man argument. The one thing I don't like about this is just the sort of the idea. Dude, that, if he calls the cops, he might lose his stash. <laughs> right. <laughs> but he's he's essentially an anti a uh, kindness straw man argument that's being put forth as kind of a uh, like the the synopsis of the film it's kind of their their main point is to be like look see how dumb it is to not abuse patients at a mental institution mm-hmm. all the people who are trying to not beat them and electrocute them are assholes and it's like i get that this is fiction but it is kind of putting forward an idea and I don't know. I just don't like that aspect of it, but whatever. Anyway, Leo pulls up in his incredibly ridiculous car. That's even more ridiculous than Dan's. It looks (laughs) like the fucking banana splits are going to come out of it or something. Uh, 1950s Bentley. (laughs) If the banana splits were like surfers, they would drive that thing. Mm. Um, Leo shows up and he's smoking whatever the hell it is he's smoking. Because he's stoned the whole movie. The whole movie. But <laughs> he's, he's he's like, come out and explore your feelings. You should all, hey, we can have anybody, a dialogue. Anybody, anybody want to talk? <laughs> uh, and everyone. Oh, stoner Loomis. It's so fun the way that he's doing his, he's doing his most Loomis moments here. Mm-hmm. But he's doing, like, positive, happy Loomis. (laughs) And the whole family is just like, no, No, stop being... Go! Go, What are you doing? And (laughs) so we're watching him. Hey, uh, we could play Pachisi. (laughs) Does anyone know how to play Boggle? I've got a a Boggle set in my car. And it's just... It's ridiculous. (laughs) (laughs) It's so fun. Um, And so... He's like, oh, hey, look, it's it's my friend, the preacher. <laughs> oh, hello. How's it going? I'm going to I'm going to come down. And, what a nice knife you found. Uh, <laughs> oh, my face. <laughs> I, oh, and you've cut off my ear. That's an yeah. interesting choice. <laughs> I wouldn't have uh, suggested to cut off my ear, but I can see after <laughs> the things that I've done to you why you might do that. Uh, and so he does cut off. <laughs> Byron cuts off. Loomis's ear. Is that what he does? I yeah. He just cut his face. Oh, okay. Yeah, he's holding his ear. Oh. He literally like slices his ear off, and he's oh, like, damn. "Ah, fuck!" And <laughs> so he goes and hides in his ridiculous banana splits car, and then, of course, he can't get it started. He won't let go of his bleeding ear either. Yeah. So, because it's a push button start, and he can't get to it, he's doing it with the wrong hand, and there's all sorts of weird stuff with that. But then, uh. Landau comes for him with an axe. They trade some Bible quotes where he's like, whatever. Loomis says it's something. Like the, like, it's the most generic of ones. He's like, what about thou shalt not kill? And he's just like, vengeance is mine, saith the, the Lord. Lord. <laughs> it's just like, yeah, a 
Great, great movie. Well, I, I feel like those are the only two actual Bible verses, too, because I think the other ones were, like, made up. Yeah. I think they were just kind of phrased We like don't even know if he was a real verse. preacher, though. No, no, They no. mentioned that earlier, too. Like, he might not have even been a preacher. I don't... Yeah. He just likes to burn churches... Yeah, yeah, yeah. ...with yeah. people in them. So, which... So, some of these people are, like, serial killers who have, like, a four or five body count... If he's burned down multiple churches full of people, oh damn, he's like he's up there. Yep, he's in the he's in the hall of fame. Might as well not killers. lock him down or anything. Yeah, <laughs> you might as well put him in the experimental Loomis <laughs> Institute. It's so funny because he's such a you know this is not the way that Loomis would have handled the situation. No. Well, this isn't Loomis. <laughs> yes. He would, this is Bane. He would have uh, he would have handled it with more shooting them in the face. Yes. But uh okay, so Dan finally realizes that the maniacs are there to kill him. Ah, finally, a, Dan. What a revelation. Uh because of How would you pass med school? <laughs> Good question. <laughs> he thinks that they've they think that he killed their old therapist Harry Merchant uh and he's he comes out and he's like I can prove to you that Harry's still alive. Yeah, I love this. It's like... Um, you're talking to a bunch of crazies in the woods, bro. You're screaming at crazy people who but have you murdered... just saw that shot people. Yeah. And also... Oh, you, okay. Your phone's out. Yeah. He's like... How's he going to prove... We can call them. Yeah. No, you your can't. Your phone's out, bro. Phone's out. Um, but it turns out that luckily he can prove it through massive coincidence. <laughs> right. Uh, also, yeah. dumb movie. That that was <laughs> the dumbest. Yeah, that one was a little rough. But okay, so somebody uh, somebody throws a cop through the window, <laughs> and uh, they all rush to block the How broken settling? window. Yeah, <laughs> they, <laughs> I this this moment made no sense to me. Everybody's like, quick! They push the couch against the wall. Somebody grabs a table, and then Tony runs in from the kitchen with rope. And it's like, <laughs> thanks, thanks, honey. Um, uh, well, you know, she is losing it. Okay, she is <laughs> losing it. Maybe that is, maybe it's like a joke. <laughs> but yeah, it's, they take it and they start using it for something. I couldn't figure out how they were using that rope to tie down the windows. Uh, but <laughs> they're just making her feel good. <laughs> kind of like hanging Ringo's song in the fridge and Family Guy. Oh, <laughs> that is, yeah, that would be very nice of him. So... <laughs> All right. Uh, let's see. Oh yeah, that's that's the. This is the where she's attacked by the zombie because she's hallucinating. Doctor Dan tries to comfort her, but while he's doing that, they start breaking in through the basement, and it's yeah. like, oh shit, they're yeah. in the basement. Oh shit, they set fire to the basement, yeah. and they're in the basement. Uh, I love it. I love the doctor to this line. Like, Layla's like, "There's fire in the basement." And the doctor's like, "Oh, that must be preacher." It seemed like such a dumb line. Kind uh, of like the bleeder line. Like, but yeah. like, I mean, I know it's a bleeder, but like, would you really say that? Like no, no, of course you wouldn't. <laughs> but it, it, there's, again, the comic book lover in me loves the fact that these people have super villain okay. identities. Yeah, I see that, that they're yeah. given this thing and, and pushing this identity of like, this must be the bleeder. This must, you know, it's the fucking Joker. You yep. know, it's the preacher. It's these things that are like they're they're more than 
it, it just gives them this blown out craziness That's that is true. so yeah, fun. That works. Uh, and so he does go down there. He grabs uh, the biggest fire extinguisher. He's got this massive, massive fire extinguisher. Oh, this is where we see our Bunky pops out. Because they were hidden in the cabinet with the fire extinguisher. He grabs that, but then the corpses fall Two out. Two-party corpse party. <laughs> Two. Yep. Two-body corpse party. And Ooh, that's a fun band name. Two-body corpse party. <laughs> uh, so... He finds Preacher down there. Preacher pulls his knife, but he's got this gigantic fire extinguisher that weighs a ton. And, and he's so just he like, just bonk! Smacks <laughs> him with it because he has the high ground. Yep. Uh, Puts out the fire in less than a second. Yeah, that was a little weird. <laughs> and, yeah. And he leaves the he leaves the serial killer. No double tap. No, he doesn't do anything. He's... He's already established that he's a non-violent type. Yeah. But again... He's not the it's, fire... Yeah. We've, they, they've, they already had a giant pile of fucking nylon rope that they wasted roping up the window. <laughs> tie so him up! They could have tied him up, but <laughs> instead uh, they just left him down there. They could have locked the basement door. But this won't be a problem later on. I'm sure this isn't going <laughs> to cause any problems. Um, let's see... Uh, Dynamo charges in with a bat in his hand the second that he gets upstairs. And Lila clips him right in the shins. The little girl mm-hmm. is, like, on it. Yep. She just, like... like She comes out from the side of the counter and just cuts oh. his legs as he runs, dropping him. Yeah, and he falls. Like, she is potatoes. the best. She really is. <laughs> She's more on top of it than anybody else in this movie. Yep. And... So... Tom... Is it Tom that gets him? Who hits yeah. him with the meat cleaver? Tom. Um, no. Uh, the wife hits him with the meat cleaver, and then Tom... No, Tom the- does both. Oh, he does both? He does both. He puts the cleaver in him, but then she keeps he keeps attacking, so that's when he takes his bat that he tries to get up with and, and hammers the meat cleaver in even more. Yeah. The wife stabs um, what's-his-nuts. That's right. Tom. Yeah. yeah. That's right. That was good. That was a good... I mean, the... The meat cleaver in the back and then hammered home with the baseball bat was, again, really good. Clutch. And and yet again, just, like, choosing the weapons and all of these things that just kind of, like, all fall together. It's, it's yep. really just really good writing. So, um, Tom's starting to look pretty crazy yeah. after, uh, after killing someone because it turns out... After he kills somebody, he starts bleeding. Mm. He's holding on to Tony for to comfort her. But I like it because he starts to look crazy, but you would just think, oh, he's starting to look right. crazy because he's a normal guy that killed somebody for the first time in his life. Yep. yep. He's so it still keeps Tony. playing it. Yeah, I love We it. don't see his face after this point. Yep. We just see blood dripping onto Tony's face. To for a her, long time. To her credit, <laughs> she's real, uh, she's like... You know what? I'm just gonna stay here. I'm just gonna roll with this for a while. I'm like, she's down to clown, but uh, maybe that's also part of her slipping into back right. to like she's just not fast on the ball right now. She's right. Kinda... Uh, I mean, honestly, in this situation, who knows how anyone would react? Yeah. It I mean, be you'd imp- probably be looking up after the first two droplets, and she's just like, got like fucking carry at the prom. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Oh, wait she a minute. Is. <laughs> <laughs> it's also funny because. We've got some really good blood for the first two or three drops. We've got, like, straight-up Dick Smith recipe blood. (laughs) 
done absolutely right and it's like oh we ran out of the dick smith recipe get the herschel gordon blood herschel gordon lewis (laughs) tempera paint blood and it's just like oh we have some of that paint that we were using to paint the signs (laughs) earlier and so they just dumped that on her face seriously i was it was really strange that they had such a good blood mixture it was legit like really really good and then really bad which is fine i like both I'm I'm a fan of either. But like you said, uh she says, "Oh my god, it's the bleeder." <laughs> so that all of the dumb people in the audience know what's going on. <laughs> he, Help me. <laughs> <laughs> he tries to strangle Tony, but mom's like, "Take this in the guts." And he's like, "Where?" I don't like being stabbed in the guts. He whines so much for a for a mass murderer. It was like, come on, dude. You can dish it out, but you can't take it. Yeah, he's shy. He couldn't even show his face. Yeah, he's weird. Wiener. No weird. <laughs> but that was the other... Okay, my one criticism of, of that whole thing is just that if they had portrayed him differently, like he was sitting in the corner like with his hands in his lap Mm -hmm. when he first is introduced to the doc to Dr. Dan yep, and his face is down or he covered himself. He doesn't like to be seen and he had like a towel over his head or something. I would have been fine with that, but seeing how erudite he was and how charming he was later on doesn't speak to the person that we saw in the institution literally clawing at the walls yeah. and unable to articulate a word. Yep. It's hard to believe that he's the same person. Again, he could have been putting this on for the sake of them, just for this whole plot. Yep. And again, that that, that speaks to this whole the Joker super villain that's two steps ahead of everybody kind of idea, which is fine too. I like that as well. So that was my only like, eh. okay. Landau's still kicking because dad doesn't have the cojones to finish the job. Mm. And, uh, but it turns out he's got a tiny knife. So he stabs him. That was, that was a little anticlimactic. Super anticlimactic. (laughs) Okay. Super anticlimactic. I mean, come on, set him on fire. Kick (laughs) him down the fucking stairs. On fire. On fire. Do something big. He was a preacher. He liked fire. Kill him with fire. (laughs) <laughs> this is the last kill of the movie, and yeah. it's this is your Jason coming, jumping back up. Yep. Come on, man! Like a good one. It'd be hard to do the long finale with Hawk. So if he, they set him on fire, sure, they'd have to throw him out the window <laughs> on fire. <laughs> <laughs> or just yeah, whatever you do, just kill him somehow. Mm-hmm. But he stabs him with a tiny little knife. So now Palance shows up, and he is acting all over these motherfuckers Mm. he's got a fucking fire hose of acting to dish out here uh he's got the crossbow on them dr dan stands up and says please just don't kill my family uh and the power comes back on just at that moment and dr harry whatever his face is he's on the tv look at him he's alive he's right there look at this one person that could prove that i'm innocent is right there on the TV. Just happened to be exactly. on a live bro- news broadcast. It just happened to be on when the power kicked back. Yeah. This one in 10 trillion <sighs> chance. But it happens. And it makes Hawk very confused about the situation. He smashes the TV with the back of the crossbow, drops the crossbow, and then just 
cries and leaves his bow behind and, and walks o- out of the and house. And o- almost kills a dog. He swings. He goes to swing the bow, but stops mid-swing too after yeah. after killing the TV. Then he's like, "Ah, well, the only reason I was going to kill this doctor was because he killed this guy, but I guess he didn't. So, bye." Yeah, <laughs> and that was very unique. Yeah, I don't understand this ending. I don't either. Okay. Um, this, I did like, I did like this. This is the first example. I don't, it's hard to put myself in the, in the time of 1982 to see what this really meant when they said it. But I loved the fact that he says, I guess we made it like, which was that chainsaw massacre thing. The, what will be left of them when it's over Mm -hmm. kind of idea. It's such a meta idea of. Oh yeah, we won, but at what cost? Kind of thing where it's like, why did we even bother living? We're all insane now. Yep. We've been through such a trauma that we're all fucked. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if it was that meta or if he's just like, I guess we're okay. And it is a real like happy ending for them idea. Mm-hmm. I couldn't quite tell, but it seemed it seemed like it was more than just that because everyone is just looking, you know, shell shocked. And he says, I guess we made it. So, not that really doesn't bad. bother me. So the ending no, I'm talking... I didn't think it bothered me. I thought it was actually cool. Yeah, the I... ending I'm talking about that not liking is... Oh, this is this is the ending I do, that, I, that I'm talking about. I was about. just like, what the fuck? Yeah, Pounce goes to the punk club. I'm still like, what the fuck? He wasn't there the first time, was he? He's never been there before. Okay. He has, he has no Because the girl experience. says he's seen him, but the girl also seems pretty out of it. So I was like... Was he there at the first time? Like I don't remember seeing him. But like I don't either. I don't so, remember so, any of this. No. So he. But she. Everything <sighs> about this points to something more complicated going on because she's crazy. Because this this punker, it, it could be this like this idea about punks in the eighties where they're like, yeah, every every girl who's punk is like into S and M and like. She's so out of her mind that she finds the craziest person and latches onto them. This like who's as old as her grandfather. Yes, this idea <laughs> that every Nancy needs a Sid kind of version of punk rock that doesn't really exist. But my my question is, why did he go there in the? No, uh, no, no. I can't figure it out. And why? Of did... all the places in Philadelphia, Philadelphia is pretty big. Pretty of big. all the places <laughs> in Philly, he just happens to end up at the same dance club they were at, like. That place is just a beacon to crazy people. I guess. Um, and he kills the bouncer. He basically, like, throttles him, slams him into the door, and he leaves his body lifeless on the ground. And the and, crowd... And everybody's just like, yay, we don't need to pay a six-hour yeah. cover charge! <laughs> oh, man. What? We collectively saved $24. Exactly. That was worth the life of this human being. Right? <laughs> Uh, again, more of that like punks like anything that's good, they say is bad. They're like the Adams family of human <laughs> beings, which is a pop culture punk rock thing, which is dumb and I kind of hate it. Uh, but so he does love the sick fucks. He seems to be grooving to the yeah. to the sounds of the he sick fucks. Uh, that crazy woman comes up and talks to him. He pulls a gun on her, and she does this like "I'm into you" having a gun thing. That mm-hmm. again was that weird punk rocker thing. But was this supposed to point to like a sequel that was going to be a fucking natural born killers thing, where like the two of them were going to be like a Bonnie and Clyde 
serial killer team. Oh, that would have been weird. I mean, having him live at the end is clearly a play for a sequel, right? I I actually did not think about that. I think it was just... Uh, I can't figure the ending out, man. No. I, I, I just... For a movie that is as tightly knit as this movie is and is well put together. And the pacing of it just seems so off, too. Like, all of a sudden, it's like everything's buttoned up. Like, why are you back at the punk club? We're not We're not at the punk club anymore. We're buttoning things up. Like, yeah, yeah. The, the, it seems very strange to make why, this Why choice. aren't you in a van, your white van that you stole, and looking at a map of that oh. atlas, how to get to Philly? You know what I mean? Like, something that would make sense to your character. You're, well, here's the thing. If you want to set up a sequel for this movie... The thing that they underplayed, what's fascinating about this is that this is basically a pre-A-team pitch for an all-serial killer A-team. Mm. So the idea is that he's he's Hannibal. Yep. And he's basically this guy who has military training, who can recruit people into a cult, essentially, yep. and use them with military precision, so he could find more colorful serial killers bring them along with him and we could have a sequel with him finding, you know, the Cincinnati Strangler. And that would the, be great. You know, yeah. Like find like six other people with crazy serial killer mm-hmm. things and he recruits them and he goes out for whatever revenge he needs against whatever other thing that preoccupies a Jack Palance. Yep. I mean, that was the only, that was, I felt like maybe a bit of a missed opportunity to kind of describe how much of a Svengali he was for those characters that he was bringing into this mm-hmm. whole thing. I loved it. I mean, I, I love that idea. And it clearly was what they were thinking. He yeah. was the leader because he had military training. Yeah. And, you know, it, it opened... The whole thing was his idea. The whole conspiracy right. was his idea. Exactly. Like, he led everybody on this trip. Yeah. And it opens this possibility of doing this again, clearly, because they left him alive. Yep. And so the only other possibility to do a, a sequel to this movie is to he literally more guys. recruit more crazy people. Yep. And fuck, great, why not? Oh, <sighs> I would have been so into it. And you can go even crazier then. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So the ending's a little weird, but other than that, <laughs> yeah. the positives far outweigh oh. my complaints in this movie. Yep. This, this is... Uh, this I think this is one of the best made movies that we've done. Yeah, this, it's, I it's think a goodie. This is like in this this is up in pin yep. territory. Like this is a, a, a just a perfectly made movie as far as I'm concerned. I can't say perfectly though because there's just there's some dumb except parts. for the ending. The ending and is so the ending weird. and some of the some of the dumb coincidences yeah. and things like that. Those those are stupid, but it it's just so solid and the acting is so ridiculously the acting is off, off the good. charts. Yeah, it is. There's, yeah. Not, there's not a crap guy in it. Yep. Like how often do you get a horror movie with this kind of talent? Oh in yeah, it? I mean especially for your serial killers. Like yeah. you're literally getting an Oscar winning actor as you're like this is like Silence of the Lambs shit. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Oh, yeah. No, I love this movie. Me too. <clears throat> I mean, it's not as good as the Christian Slater Alone in the Dark, but it's pretty good. <sighs> it's hard to beat the king. It's so, so true. Uh, we totally kid. Yeah, no. Yeah. We're not going to do that one. Uh, <laughs> man. Yeah. So that's it. I have no complaints. Uh, the complaints that I have, I've said, and they're yeah. minor. Yeah. <clears throat> 
Uh, not so, like the movie would care about yeah. what I was complaining about anyway. No, but I mean, I I still <laughs> say straight up four stars on this one, even though even though there are things that I can uh, that I can point to that I'm like, oh, that's annoying. Yeah, they're so minor that they don't even account yep. for like actual complaints. Um, yeah, fuck man, great. Cool beans. That was some cool beans. Uh, <laughs> and so you can follow us at Coast City Comics on Instagram, and you can buy things from Coast City Comics. You can follow us at the Funbox Monster Podcast on Instagram. I'm going to start figuring out how to do some more multimedia stuff with the Instagram account because it's just we're just basically alerting people that there's a new episode, and it's kind of a pointless <clears throat> account right we now. We should run a contest. <laughs> we should also do that. That that's not a bad idea. I also don't think anything's been on the Instagram since Dino Croc. I haven't done shit. Yeah, that's your job. I know. I should. And um, I put my shit up on Matt Awkward VHS okay. Fiend on the Instagrams. Yes. And the Video Vagrants Facebook group. Yeah. Check that shit out. <laughs> yes. And my personal page. And I'm usually like five days late. <laughs> uh, luckily, I literally have a video editor working at the store, and so I think I'm going to abuse company time <laughs> and have Marshall uh, do a do a like a wrap surround so that we can do posts of audio from the podcast on the Instagram and scenes from the movies. So make it a little less. Let's do it. A little less stupid. Marshall, than, who used to work at where I, I work, who. <laughs> I'm abusing company time because I'm on it right now. <laughs> Shh. And yeah, Marshall, Marshall literally. Oh uh, crap! The president of my company is a listener. Yeah, he loves <laughs> this podcast. Uh, it's so crazy. He <laughs> took a massive pay cut to come here. <laughs> you know, not doing what he went to college for at all. Uh, so you know. I appreciate that. Thanks, Marshall, for not <laughs> <laughs> not doing what you're supposed to be doing in life uh, <laughs> and wasting your time here. I'm going to put on my two-week notice, boss. <laughs> That's probably a good idea. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I totally support you in that decision, uh, even though it totally fucks us over. Um, anyway, uh, yeah, that's it. Thank you, guys. Yeah, go to GoCityComics.com, buy some shit, rate and review us, and uh, we'll see you next week. Do that. All right, good night. Bye. Bye.